McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Bradford Show. And uh, I, I speak on behalf of all the Who Says No crew. The Who Says No gang is all here. We were missing one the other day that we were missing Sammy. He, we were worried about him. We thought he might be dead, but he's here. Uh, Pat, Gordo, Coop, the whole crew. So great to see you guys, your smiling faces. Got a couple of days of rest since winter weekend. We're going to kick it off. There's a lot of news to get to when it comes to the Red Sox, and we're going to throw in a – because we're wired to do this, we're going to do a who says no um, somewhere. Maybe we could do a who says no for a Matt Barnes DFA trade. Can you do that? So um, is that, that fair? Is that too soon? Um, Sammy, is. the floor is yours. The floor is All yours. Right, so. we, 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 are, we are dealing with, with stories, legend, and lore – from winter weekend, but it's all secondhand. Now we have the person who is there, who is there. So I'm kicking back my chair here in the newly revamped Baseballs and Boring Bradford Show Studios. The floor is yours, my friend. What happened? All right, so let me preface this. I have never been a big party guy. I like to have a whiskey at the end of the day, and that's it, go to bed. But it's a little different when I'm with my old college roommate, I'm with the Who Says No crew, and the Red Sox are walking around a casino in gorgeous Springfield, Massachusetts, everyone's dream town. So I don't know, you know, the night gets going. My buddy who I was with, he's a season ticket holder, so we go to the exclusive season ticket holder party, which is, you know, sorry, Red Sox, not as cool as it sounds. It was basically a bunch of people walking around the Basketball Hall of Fame. And we get there and, you know, we get a drink and my friend takes a sip and he goes, oh, my God, those are strong. So we had a few there. We go meet up with the boys back at the casino. We go to a club, club bar, whatever you want to call that. And the drinks just start flowing. And it was a long night. And, you know, in casinos, call it myth or not, they pump in the oxygen. You don't realize what time it is. And then, you know, a little past midnight. We'll call it three. I head back to the Airbnb and uh, I did not feel good the next morning. I'm sure we've all been there. Happens to the best of us. It did not feel great. And let me tell you, I'm 28 years old now. I have not felt like that since I was 22 or three. It's been a while. So I had a really rough morning. I was able to pull it together just in time to get in the car and go back to the casino for a third time. And so we get there and you know, you do your, uh, you get an autograph and a photo op. For the, for the photo op, you get a, a legend, a Red Sox alumni. And then for the autograph, you get a current player. <clears throat> so I'm walking in, I feel awful. I cannot stress how bad I was feeling. I felt sick, I felt dumb, uh, and I just felt bad overall. So I go in and I'm like, okay, which, which, current and which former player am I going to absolutely embarrass myself in? So we walk up to the room. They say, oh, you're in room green, green room. I can't even, who knows? We walk in and I look and it's Wade Boggs. And immediately I think, this is awful. He's going to think I'm a joke. This is the guy who's known for being able to drink 107 beers on one cross-country flight. But then I think, maybe not. Because to get to that level, he's probably been where I'm at right now a few times. 
So I go up to him. Granted, there's children around. So I, I look around, dizzy, and I go, hey, uh, I had a long, long night last night. I feel awful. I don't know how you used to do this all the time because it's weight box. He knows how to, he knows how to drink. So he laughs, does a little glance around the room, make sure there's no kids around. He's a good guy. And he just goes, all right. And then I start to walk away and he goes, Hey, scrambled eggs and chocolate milk works every time. And immediately I feel 70% better, not hundred, but about 70. Because Wade Boggs, the most legendary baseball drinker of all time, just told me his hangover cure. And although I didn't use it at that moment, that, just that interaction made me feel a lot better. So thank you, Wade Boggs. Thank you, Chicken Man. That was, that was exactly what I needed. I turned a, a not-so-great situation into one that I'm probably going to talk about for the rest of my life and annoy all my family and friends with this story. So um, while I'm very not psyched about... <laughs> how I felt it turned out to be all right. So, so that's the full story. There was a lot left out there. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what, one of them you were trying to play matchmaker for uh, the guy that broke the story today of um, Matt Barnes, Chris Henrik, uh, being oh, yeah. a great friend, just trying to, just trying to tee him up for every lady at, uh, at MGM. So it, just good guy, Sammy. I mean, put a couple of drinks in him and, he, he breaks the news for us. So I'm like, all right, how can I get this guy back? And I'm like, <laughs> wingman time, wingman time. So. You turn into like the ultimate social butterfly. It's awesome. It's true. It's true. You walk, you would walk away and then you'd come back with like two or three drinks in your hand. You'd be like, they, they gave me three drinks for free. <laughs> yeah, we met, we met this, uh, this couple, my friend and I were talking to this couple and they were super nice, but they just kept handing us drinks. And I was like, my God, these guys. These guys must be loaded or something, but I'm not going to say no. So, yeah. Whew. Are you talking what about the guy that looked like Eric Hosmer? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, mm. Really nice guy. He was super nice. nice. Him and his girlfriend were super nice, but they just kept giving us drinks. And I was like, my mm. God, I, I don't want to say no. But the, the drinks were small. So I'd have like a few sips and they'd be gone. And I'd be like, huh, all right. And like, oh, you need another one. That's the ultimate so, who says no. That, where you have... You're all, you're presented with whatever it is, four drinks. Let's say four drinks, four drinks. Now, Sammy, like if you ha- were true to the brand, you would have screamed out, "Who says no?" And then everybody would have run over, and then you would say, "Not me, not to this trade." And that would be the next thing you know, you'd be knocking down because we're we're staying on brand here. Problem with that is the popularity of the who says no brand is so huge. If I had said that it would have been too many drinks offered to the four of us and we never would have gotten out of there. So I was just looking out for the crew. That's why I didn't say it. We don't want to get mobbed by people. I mean, I feel like at a casino, at a casino, especially that sort of environment, there's a lot of who says no possibilities. Like if I said to Gordo, here, here's a comfortable carpet with an outlet five feet away, who says no to sleeping here tonight? There you go. And Gordo says, not me. I love carpets as long as it's near an outlet. <laughs> so, yes. Better than a creepy uh, Airbnb. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. man, that's a whole nother story. We don't have time. Well, you, for- you became friends with your host, though, didn't you? He, he talked for so long. I couldn't get out of there. He Can talked for 36 you- minutes. I timed it. 
Can I tell you this? So bed and breakfast, my, I'm going to give you my baseball centric bed and breakfast story. And it is not the Cooperstown one with Coop and Pat. It is when I was in Toronto, this is, this is, I'm going to morph this into the WBC. So we had in 2009, we had struck a deal with the city of Toronto to get free lodging because they were trying to get people up to the WBC in Toronto. So the Department of Tourism would always pay for our hotels. And we kept doing it. We kept basically trading them ads. So on WEI, there would be like, come see Toronto. And that would lead me to get free hotels in Toronto. So finally, they just kept running out of hotels. Finally, they said, oh, well, we don't have any hotels, but we have something called the Botel. It was a boat in back of Rogers Center. It was a bed and breakfast boat, the Botel. So I stayed on this. I'm covering this series. I'm staying on this boat, and it seemed like a great idea, right? You're staying on the boat right in back of Rogers Center in Toronto. And this is to your point, Sammy. Like the, the problem is, is that the people want to cook you pumpkin pancakes, and you don't want them. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want them. I just want to sleep in my coffin in the front of this boat and leave. That's it. So anyway, this is my, this is my bed and breakfast baseball story. Enough of that. So I want to go back to the, the, that moment, which I say, forget about the booze, forget about all the other stuff that you talked about. That is sick, definitively the most important moment because Sammy, this is basically the equivalent of Ted Williams going up to Wade Box and teaching him how to hit. That's it. The best hitter of all time is teaching you something. The, the best person in the, in the history of baseball, arguably, who has the best drinking story of all time, gave you advice which I had never heard before, certainly not from him. Have you guys ever heard this before? No. 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 Nope. There you go. There you go. So this is like As Charlie Day would say, that's baseball, baby. <laughs> uh, it, there's no tr- no no truer thing ever. So thank you for that. Not only thank you for being there, but thank you for that moment. Thank you for that story. It is it. It, it, it is right up there with Joe Kelly predicting the Cy Young in 2015. So it's right there, which I think there might be some correlations because back then Joe was drinking. And one of the things I told these guys is that these guys typically, as you saw, they hit it on Friday night and then they're, they're usually kind of either pretty stung the next day or it's kind of carrying over the next day. And with Joe, when he came over to predict that he was going to win a Cy Young, Let's just say that, like, it hadn't maybe hadn't all got out of his system yet. So when I saw you, Sammy, and that was late in the day, like I was up on the stage, man, you were you looked happy, happier than that. I don't know if it was it still like was it still lingering there? I mean, was it? You know what I'm talking about? It was. It was the combination of like, yeah, no, no, no. I was I was fully with it. The, the thing happy. that was bothering me was like the nausea, but I was. Yeah, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never had a like a drunkenness carryover to the next day. That I've never had. But I, uh, I was in a good mood because that was right after the Wade Boggs moment. I was halfway done with my Gatorade, <clears throat> and I knew that a uh, big poppy was coming in fifteen minutes, which turned into like an hour. But still, worth it. Was it worth it? Really? 
Was it? Yeah, that was the closest I've ever been to my favorite athlete. So yes, oh, very much worth it. <laughs> that's good. I was close great. enough that Ortiz could smell the liquor still on my breath. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I knew that story ahead of time, I guarantee you I would have told him that. And I guarantee you, like, he would have basically, like, rolled over laughing. I, I wish I knew oh. that story because I would have told it on the radio with Ortiz sitting there. And that would have been the highlight of that interview. Not even close. So, missed opportunity. Next time. The next, next <laughs> yeah, time. Next time. Next time, exactly. Um, Drinking water next time. I have a weird question. So, you know, one of the great things about having the Who Says No crew out in winter weekend, and we're going to get to the – the who says no stuff and the, the news of the day in a second. I got a chance to meet you guys in person, right? So all I see is Twitter profiles. All I see is these square boxes. You guys had other, you know, Pat and Coop had met before. Gordo, you hadn't met Coop and Pat before, right? Sammy. I met Sammy once. Gordo, have you met anybody? I've met Gordo before. Yeah. I ran into Coop okay. at Fenway Park. Okay. Yeah, we met. All right. I never met Chris Henrik at all. Much shorter than I thought he would be. Striking guy. <laughs> <laughs> the man just broke the news about Matt wait, Parson. Wait, you gotta wait, 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 wait. I just said much shorter. I get, like, you have this image. Like, and Gordo, you were slightly taller than I thought you would be. I think I'd rather hear that than slightly shorter than, right? <laughs> it's not an insult. I mean, it's still a, a representative no, I think it's a height. I mean, listen, I mean, Chris, ride, Chris is riding high. He's breaking stories all over the place. It's great. Like, if I, if I, if I just say he was slightly shorter, it's fine. Dustin Pedroia is slightly shorter than I probably thought he would be, right? So, there you go. That's true. It's, it's like it's like you guys said, like when you probably met me, you said, Oh my goodness, I didn't know his traps were like so defined. Like that's <laughs> it was sort of crazy. <laughs> I did not expect what? those washboard abs. That was crazy. Yes. So no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> no, on the same no. note, I think the the hardest I laughed on Saturday was when the fan went up to Rob and goes, Oh, someone told me you lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> You were there. Oh, that story. Oh, that was I. So, Jamie, I'm going to tell when, you. Like, you should be able to live in like the state of Washington and just be like able to combat. Like, they they have legal combat there. Like, you can challenge. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Weird, weird like, rule for that state. In my in my years of radio and social media, whatever people can call me, whatever they want. That was one of the worst insults that I've ever had in my life to my face. It was. <laughs> it really was. And would you I think that the guy, or get that or would you guy, But there was like, it was like this flurry of stuff, and he just blurted it out. Oh, I thought you lost weight. Wait, I'm like, like I did, and I and I, I'm sitting on the couch last night, and I told my wife, I said, did I tell you about this guy who came up to me and said said Hey, you know, I thought you lost weight. She's like, yeah, you told me that like three times. I'm like, can you tell it's bothering me? <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? That's, a, that's an awful thing to say I mean, to someone. To, to be fair, baseball has, and Pat will understand this reference, but baseball has a fair share of, you know, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the like what? pick up on some of the social cues. 
Yeah, like I think a lot of people just don't don't have this social filter. Yeah, they, yeah. they say something like, like, but like what they what they mean is like, oh, I heard you lost a lot of weight. Good for you. But the way you take it is like, oh, like, I thought you lost a little bit of weight. No, no, he said he's saying no. What he said was basically like, I thought you weren't fat and you look fat. That's what he was saying. <laughs> that's basically what he was saying. But he wasn't that's trying how, to. That's how it was you, right? filtered in my head. Anyway, <laughs> everyone else was nice. Everyone else was super nice. And I don't know. It was it was good. It was honestly, it was great to see you guys looking down at the stage, seeing this collection of people holding these books. <laughs> By the way, Thanks I... Thanks for being pushed. Yeah, and also we should give a huge shout out to Joan Stone, member of the, the family, the podcast yep. family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, is, oh, yeah. I saw her at Starbucks once again today. There is no better publicist in the world than Joan. Does she, she was by you? Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, she's not like MMA publicist. I'm mean, like, okay, you know. So you're you're both very good publicists, Sammy. So, but she 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 is just randomly saying this, talking, <laughs> taking it to the levels of, oh my goodness. Oh, this book, I can't believe how good it is. I can't put it down. Oh, this book? Oh, how can you get it? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway, yeah. Did Shout you get any dental Joan. floss from her friend? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Friend. that was yeah. the single best business card I've ever seen in my life. It had Amazing. dental floss in the business card, and it actually works. Like, you can pull it out of the card. It was crazy. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Entertainment 360 with their black-on-black font. I mean... That was pretty smart. People that watch Parks and Rec will understand that. Okay. All right. Now we're, we're kicking it out too much. All right. Enough of that. What are weekends in the rear view? Today, uh, today, Matt Barnes got DFA'd. So we're on this text change now. Ch- text chain now. Yeah. And usually it's to organize podcasts. And today it became sort of like a chat room, which I'm just going to tell you guys. Don't expect me to contribute to this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just trying to coach a high school basketball team. That's all I'm trying to do. I'll let you guys figure this 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 DFA out because I want to save it for the podcast. I'm going to go around the room, okay? When you, Sammy, you can start first around my room. No, cool. Yeah, actually, you're first. What do you got? You hear Matt Barnes' DFA, initial thoughts. I mean, you know my initial thought. I'm going to let you guess it because we, we have this discussion all the time. Oh, Brazier. You talking about Ryan Brazier? Ryan Brazier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yes. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. No, all no, right. no. I, it, yeah. All right. Ryan Brazier. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll loop back to that. Sammy, what do you got? What was your thought? Um, I mean, I thought, Ryan Brazier, but then my mind started racing. Like, is he like, is he part of the mafia or does he have some dirt on Heim Bloom? Like, I don't get it. And there's no, there's no metric that I've seen or heard of that says this guy's good at pitching. <laughs> like, and, and then today in the, the media availability, he even said he projects, Ryan Brazier projects better than Matt Barnes. And I know that Matt Barnes isn't amazing anymore. But like, I just don't get it. Is is Red Brazier so- like is Brazier in the yakuza or something? <laughs> I so I did. You guys see what I put in the Red Sox Twitter 
uh, no. So no. Red Sox stats put out a tweet kind of, you know, hinting at, you know, Matt Barnes, really good pitcher towards the end of the season there, all of his like metrics and whatnot. Matt Barnes retweeted that. So Ooh, even, I think Matt Barnes is even caught off guard by this. Oh, of course Wait, he is. What? Of course he is. How could you not? I mean, Barnes. also, it's not the Frazier. There's, there's Ort, too, who could have been an option. It's just weird. It's It seems odd in the timing. The timing's not that odd, but I don't know. I, I don't get, like, shocked very often, but that was shocking to me. Pat, what is do you that, got? Is it maybe, like, I mean, Matt Barnes isn't a Heim guy, so. Oh, he is well, a Heim yeah, guy. I, Are you kidding me? He, Heim was Matt the one who signed an extension. Go ahead, yeah. Pat. What do you got? No, I was gonna say, like, I mean, like the easiest like figure to point out is Ryan Brazier is the guy who probably should have went, but there's like some lower end guys on the like forty man who could have gone, like Wyatt Mills could have gone, Caleb Ward could have gone. Nice guy, love Caleb Ward, but like I was completely taken aback when I saw Matt Barnes as DFA. There, I'm not saying that like Caleb Ward has promised he's younger, whatever. I get it. Wyatt Mills has kind of that Schreiber delivery. Okay. But I mean, I was genuinely shocked that they're willing to eat the whatever it is, eight million left on his contract to DFA him over some of the other guys. That was my initial reaction. All right, Gordo, what do you got? So I had come to the conclusion a long time ago that there's a zero percent chance that Ryan Brazier is not on this team come opening day. So my my first thought was, Oh, he must be hurt. But the second thought, and, and he's not hurt, but my second thought was we were right to be skeptical that he wasn't at winter weekend because this is a guy who lives in Connecticut in the off season. And I figure it would be a pretty easy trip to go to winter weekend. And he wasn't there and it, and it caught me, it caught my eye. And, you know, just a few days later, he's DFA'd. Okay. Now you want, you want me to go? You want me to go? Cool. Yeah, go for it. All right. Let's hear it, Rob. So yeah, the Ryan Bray, as I Coop knows, because we were we got a very public uh, spat about this. Um, the Ryan Brazier thing is I understand why people are latching on to Ryan Brazier about the whole thing because for the vast majority of last year, he wasn't good. He was frustrating. He was perceived as part of the problem. All right. Now you said, uh, Sammy, you had said you couldn't find any stats that suggest that Ryan Brazier was trending in the right direction. There's actually like, and, and I, and I'm not, I'm just giving you why this is happening. I'm not saying like, this is, this is absolutely the right move, but I'm giving you why this is happening. Ryan Brazier's opponents batting average against for the last month of the season was the third best of any reliever with 13 appearances. So and you say, well, that, and I've heard people. And when I tweeted that out, People said, oh, well, that's the last month. It's against Scrubs, this and that. Well, if you go back the month before, and, and I showed Koopa text who had sort of – who had, like, pointed this out, was that his usage was sort of all over the place. It, it was – there was no rhyme or reason to it. And then finally they sort of locked in on a couple different things, and that's what led to that last month. And so this guy who was, for three quarters of the two-month season, their best reliever in 2020, was beamed off the head in 2021 and then had, you know, the broken finger. It was just this, this injury plague 2021. Then it wasn't good for most of 2022, but 
but but he looked a whole lot more like the guy that was the best reliever they had in 2020 at the end of the year. Where Matt Barnes, like there was some better results, but I think as Hein Bloom pointed out today, that there wasn't the results weren't coming from the place of like the same sort of stuff, the measurables, right? It was, um, and it wasn't sort of mind blowing stuff. Like if it was mind blowing stuff, like you say, Matt Barnes was better. Well, he wasn't as good as, as Ryan Brazier was. And so when you go into this off season, they're looking at it as we have this guy, we think he's figured it out in the last month and he's a veteran. He can pitch later. Whereas Matt Barnes, we're not convinced he did figure it out. And he, 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 maybe someone will take his contract. Maybe we can trade him. Maybe who knows? You know, but this is what they're thinking. And when you talk about the other guys, once again, one of my biggest pet peeves is 40-man roster protection. Because so many times you see guys getting protected. And I'm not talking about Brazier. I'm talking about going throughout the years who you're like, what are you talking about? Ronaldo Hernandez, what are you doing? You know, and so – you have all these guys that they're latching on to. Our good friend, friend of the program, Wyatt Earp Mills, right? Why do they protect him? Because they see enough in him. They're saying, we think he's upside, much like they thought, you know, Zach Kelly's upside. Much like when they look it back, oh, John Schreiber's upside. Like, that's what they see. And sometimes it doesn't work out. But they see enough of these guys, just enough to say it's the upside of this guy, of Wyatt Earp Mills. Do you guys know who Wyatt Earp is? Because Coop had no idea. You've heard, ever heard of Wyatt Earp? I don't Earp? know. Wyatt Earp? He's from uh, Tombstone, right? Thank you, Pat. Thank you. And Wyatt Mills, Wyatt Mills on our podcast has accepted us, us, our family, our Brad Show family, giving him the nickname of Earp. So just get your head around it. So Earp's upside is better than Matt Barnes' upside. Ryan Brazier's upside, is, in their eyes, is better than Matt Barnes' upside. And then you get into the whole contract thing. Maybe someone will take it. I had heard that they were shopping Barnes all offseason. Like, I had heard this before. And – um, and I actually like the thing, the other part about today, Josh Taylor, holy crap, they got something for Josh Taylor. And, and that's not a knock on Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is awesome in 2021, but he had so many injuries to the point where I thought he actually might retire and they got something for him. That's great. That was crazy to me. And, and, and meanwhile, like, so if you guys tell me this. At the beginning of the offseason, obviously, like you said, well, who are you going to get uh, Mondesi for, Matt Barnes or Josh Taylor? If you told me Josh Taylor, I thought you were crazy. So, anyway, I, there you go. That's – there. Does that make any sense? Or I still didn't convince you. No, I'm not convinced, but it does – It does. <laughs> <laughs> It's just that sounds like such a small sample. And like when you go back through Brazier's career, he's really only been like, hey, well, maybe I'm expecting too much. If he can bounce back and be like the guy he was, when was it? In like 
2018. I just told you he was their best reliever for three quarters of 2020. Like that's what people forget. And like, so you say, well, like, yeah, but three quarters of 2020 was like what? 20 games? A month and a half. <laughs> like 2020 was a pandemic year. Was, I get it. I, I get it. I, wait, I, wait, hold on. Like, was it? I didn't know that. <laughs> Alex, I'm just go. saying, but like three quarters <laughs> of that, it's going to be a smaller sample sample size. Than I think like a regular guys, like I, the way you phrase it. I think, I think this is that, and this is what sort of bugs me. Because I'm not, once again, I'm not saying like this is the absolute right move. I'm not saying that. I'm just, what bugs me is it's like this easy narrative, this easy narrative because it's just like steamrolls, the steamrolls. And you, Sammy, you said it. There you go. Sammy, you said it like that, you know, I, you have to show me something. Have, uh, okay. And I, I get it. You know, like, even though I can tell you that that month was, it wasn't just six appearances. It was whatever. It was 13. 13 is a representative stretch of, of baseball. So I'm just giving that to you. And I'm just like, but people are – and here's the problem. Is that Ryan Brazier last year when he came to spring training – forget about – in spring training last year, he was not – I mean, he was like on the cutting block in some eyes. Like his velocity was way down. Like – Every single time this guy goes out in spring training, when I'm when I'm describing it to you on AM radio, people are going to be listening and saying either he's good or he's bad. Same thing with Barnes, by the way. We were all looking at his velocity. So, all right, I've talked enough. I'm stepping aside. Go ahead. You guys talk. Go. 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 Talk. <laughs> the interesting I – mean, you go ahead, Coop. No, I was just going to say, like – the, the, it's an easy narrative just because it's pretty obvious, I think. Like, it, it I think there is a collection, and, and like the bullpen has been an issue for the Red Sox for the last couple of seasons. And like, the bullpen is always an issue for any team. Like, you hear any team get to the end of the season, they're always just kind of like, well, the bullpen's always iffy. And it's just because you have so many arms in there that you can rely on that, like, you're always going to have someone in there that is just shaky. And for the Red Sox, it's been like a majority of the guys in there have been shaky. And like just constantly, Ryan Brazier has proven that he can always step up. And I know that he's had the injuries thing, and I know that he had an upside in 2020. But it's just like it's not as big of a sample size. And I think it's just part of the nostalgia factor that we know Matt Barnes can be good for a sustainable amount of time. He was at the All Star game in 2021. Back half of that season was trash. Front half of this past season was trash. But you do have larger sample size than just like one month or 13 appearances. And that's the thing that just bothers me. And I don't like maybe Heim should come out and just say like, hey, like beyond just the projections, this is actually like what we value in our players. And this is why we have been keeping him. Like, I think that's a valid thing to come out and say. It's just when it comes down to it, it's just like I would prefer Matt Barnes over Ryan Brazier. That's just how it is. Yeah, my my thought is, and I I'm not gonna say that DFAing Ryan Brazier was like the unequivocal that was the move, but we talk about Ryan Brazier's end of the season. You know, you say thir- thirteen games he put together. You said he's the third best reliever in baseball for those thirteen games, but Matt Barnes, in, what was it, his last twenty two and two thirds innings of the season, he had a one point five nine ERA. And I, I know the Red Sox have, have told 
some writers that they don't believe that the stuff is there for Matt Barnes and that maybe maybe under the hood it's not as good as what he what he showed. But we have a guy, Matt Barnes, for two plus months who showed us that he can be a good middle reliever on this team. And and Alex Cora this weekend referred to him as the seventh inning guy. And you know, just for a few days later to see him cut like that or to see him DFA like that was really surprising. I, yeah, I just so, so it's, maybe it's, there was a trade to be made points. elsewhere. Like I don't know. It's all good points, and and when you Gordo, when you talk about like you're right about the results, but it's like the under the hood stuff, which is always frustrating to me because, you know, it's it's a results business, and and baseball has become more about projections and under the hood stuff and everything else. Personally, I would I would have kept Matt Barnes if you're looking at Rule Five. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Rule Five, uh, forty man roster guys. You know, there's other guys there that you probably could you could cut loose and probably re-sign them on a minor league deal. And and you're not going to – maybe they think someone's going to claim him and take his money. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe they think that they'll be able to trade him. If they do trade him, I mean, it's not like they haven't been trying to because if they if they, they were going to be able – it wasn't like they just woke up and said, we're going to DFA Matt Barnes and not try to trade him. So I, I'm with you. Like I, I think there's a value to a guy like – the Matt Barnes in this bullpen. You have improved the the one thing about this, and Coop, you had said the ball about the bullpen. The one thing about this is that undeniably they got a better bullpen, right? I mean, you can give them crap about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but they have a they have a, a better bullpen with or without Matt Barnes, with or without Ryan Brazier. You have a better bullpen. And um, so now it's just figuring out and and, you know, front of the program, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Zach Kelly sitting there and, you know, can he become sort of the next John Schreiber? That's a big one, too. Like, they clearly think a lot of this guy, as we do, you know. So, what did you see him? Yeah, we don't really, and, and, and like – we did. Me, me, and, uh, me and Zach actually had the most awkward uh, dap, not as clean as you and Poppy. Um, I was a witness. It was it was pretty bad. It was it was ugly, and I was apologize. It? Did he recognize you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were like like halfway across like the casino, and I was just like, "Oh, what's up?" And then he was like, "What's the move?" And I was like, "I don't know why you're asking me, man. I'm just looking for a burger." I was but halfway down the all, mass, like, I was halfway down the mass yeah. pike when I got a text from Zach Kelly asking me what I was doing. I'm like, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, I'm going home, man. But yeah, I mean, like. When you look at it, like the whole argument here is like Ryan Brazier between Matt Barnes, like it's it's a nothing burger of an argument because they have been able to load up that bullpen and they're able to keep some of the younger guys. And I think that's what Heim is trying to do. He's clearing house so they can either a give more like younger guys a better chance in the bullpen, or just like say like hey like this is showing those younger guys that we are prioritizing you. So it's like. All in all, it's not a bad move. It's just like the head scratcher of just like I don't know why Ryan Brazier still ha- like hasn't been DFA'd for someone yet. I can't wait. Yeah, for that was. I guess like my whole thing is. Go ahead. Pat. I guess like my whole thing is like 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 Coop said like the comparison between Brazier and Barnes. Like Barnes at this point in his career, Brazier. I guess what he showed the last thirteen uh, thirteen appearances. It's like a nothing burger. Like you're probably looking at equal is equal. I was just more so surprised that they cut ties with Barnes knowing what his contract was and the age difference. Ryan Brazier, I think, is going to be 36 this year. Yeah, but you're talking about – That was more surprising to me. Yeah, but but here's the thing. 
I don't think that the age and it's it's I I get what you're saying. I like you personally. I respect your opinion. That's basically what you know doing the radio caller thing. But I don't think for you know what you're talking about is one year of a reliever. It is what it is. You know, it's it's either you're good or you're not. And 32, 36, it's like what what's Chris Martin? Chris Martin's in his upper thirties. This is just the way of the world when it comes to to a lot of relief pitchers. Heck, I mean the youthful Joe Kelly is gonna be thirty-four. So um yeah. So anyway, I hear what you're saying. It's what do you say? You want to hear a Ryan Brazier stat? I'm, I'm sure it's not good. <laughs> His hard hit. Oh, my God. This is real. All right. He gives up a hard hit 46.5% of the time, which is bottom 3% of the league last year. So I know he had a good. Okay. Like, well, well, how, about, how, about the last month of, how about the last month of the season? I, I don't have the time to I do don't, the splits. I'm sure it's much as, as someone ah. who failed regression analysis, I want to let you know, large samples are much better. That's what I took away from Failed regression analysis. I'm mostly, I'm mostly kidding, Bradfoe. I think the way that you explained it made me feel a little bit better. I still don't agree with it, but I'm not, like, confused in the dark anymore. If he's your last guy in the bullpen – Personally, I'd prefer to go with someone, even like Caleb Ort, someone who's not not been good, but at least he throws a hundred one You got your wish. Fail, oh, by the way, you know what's you know what's coop. You know what's great for failed regression analysis? Scrambled eggs and chocolate milk. Scrambled eggs and chocolate milk, big time. That's a comfort food if I've ever. I mean, heard that of. is it helps you helps all situations. Regression analysis. Um, <laughs> but uh, how about we haven't even talked about what time we got? Oh, we still got a few minutes. Um, before we run out of podcast minutes. Um, we haven't talked about Adam Duvall, the guy who has made Matt Barnes uh, off the roster. You guys, uh, I mean, there's not really like anything to say, oh my goodness, like, how dare they sign Adam Duvall. Right? Yeah, he feels like Hunter Renfro 2.0. Ah, you took my take. So, yeah, like... Cannon in the outfield, just raw power guy. Not really going to hit for average, but like you said, like there's no downfall to signing Adam Duvall. Yeah, at the, at the point they're at where it's like, uh, we hate saying this, but when it's looking a little bit like a bridge year, I think the best thing you can do is gamble on guys with upside, and that's what they did. I don't think there's much to it. Good defense, solid bat potential. It is what it is. Upside, I'll take it. He plays the he plays the position well. He plays center field well. He he hits the ball well for Fenway Park. He's going to use the monster well. I, I I agree with the Hunter Renfro the Hunter Renfro thing. But the guy who I keep thinking about when I see him hit is Steve Pierce. Maybe it's just because they kind of look a little bit alike. But he just he just give me he gives me Steve Pierce vibes. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the looks. But and and he had a really great twenty twenty one postseason with uh with Atlanta. But he gives me Steve Pierce vibes. Yeah, I can see the Steve Pierce. He takes some violent swings. Steve Pierce did too. Like I get the comp. I went down a rabbit hole of Steve Pierce Red Sox highlights when he signed. That was a good time. <laughs> well, oh, when Duvall signed or when Steve Pierce signed? When Duvall signed, I was like, "Oh, this guy uh, kind of uh, reminds me of Steve Pierce." Like, let's let's go see the highlights. I miss Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce. So. You know, he has the year in 2018, and then he re-signs, which made a lot of sense at the time to me. 
because you need a right-handed complement to Moreland. And if he did what he did in 2018, you know, it made a lot of sense for the contract and everything else. But but he showed up um, like a few guys on that team, not exactly in the best shape of their lives. So I was doing I was doing a story. Yeah, I did, which is my one of my favorite things, which Cora is still giving me crap about. Which is I do this story like asking guys, "Hey, are you in the best shape of your life?" Because it's like cliche. I'm in the best shape of my life. And Sam Travis was his answer was like, "I'm always in the best shape of my life." And uh, and and but Steve Pierce like, "No, not now. I'm not. But you know, give me another couple months." <laughs> he never got there. <laughs> he never got there. I can't. And, wait and by to the way, Ryan the- Bridger gave the best answer. He said, "I'm never in the best shape of my life." So there you go. You can always progress. That's, that's the mentality. I was just I about to say the Ryan Brazier God. best shape of my life quote this spring is going to be electric. Everyone's going to go nuts. I'm going to I'm going to get it from him. I'm turning the I'm turning by the time we do the late March who says no crew Bradfoe show, everyone's going to be a huge Ryan Brazier fan. Wait till you hear me on the AM radio. I'm going to be like, "Oh my god." Right, Brazier coming in another strike. And then in uh, July, he'll be killing it for the Oryx Buffaloes. (laughs) I don't think he's going back to Japan, ever. Uh, I expect you guys to all fly down to Fort Myers to partake in the time-honored tradition, one of the the most uh, revered traditions, I think, in spring training since 2017, which is the Twin Peaks podcast. We get together at Twin Peaks and we do a podcast. Ryan Brazier has partaken with, with it was an eclectic group of people. Minnie Del Carmen, Chris Catello, everybody was there at Twi- the Twin Peaks podcast. Born from podcasts with Joe Kelly and Rick Porcello. Uh, so I expect you all, if, if I can get you a carpet and an outlet, will you fly down to Fort Myers? I'm always game for a carpet and an outlet. Yes. 100%. Why not? Why not? I'll All settle right. for the outlet. <laughs> get an Airbnb. You want tile in an outlet, Pat? You can put tile? <laughs> we'll put you in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Give me kitchen island. Does, does the towel... <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time, Pat. Wouldn't be the first time. Does a towel constitute a carpet? No. Yes. No. Hello? Say that again? You broke does up a, there. Does yeah. a towel constitute a carpet? A towel. Does it constitute a carpet? on his end? He say, he's asking if a towel counts as a carpet. You oh, might so, need oh, a couple. Yeah. No, because they yeah, it needs to be a big towel. Because they'll if it's a normal-sized towel, like that's going to move around under you, and you're going to be feeling tile or wood or whatever's underneath that. By like beach, 2 a.m., you're going to be feeling it. You, it needs to be like one of those big family beach towels. What if I have two outlets near you? Does that make up for it? The value of the outlet drops significantly after the first outlet. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Wait, what guys. else are you going to plug in? A toaster? You're going to be like making some like. <laughs> you got a nice little corner. You got a toaster. You got to charge your phone. It's all you need. It's all you need to get through spring training. All right. I'm going to leave you with this tweet. And you tell me, each of you tell me what your, your, 
like this is like word association. Like we did Coop with Bobby Dahl back. <laughs> right? Word association. Joe Castiglione. Joe, what did he say? Cannolis? He said cannolis? Yes. Oh. Hello? There you go. Anyway. Go again. All right. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Okay. Did he say cannoli? (laughs) 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 All right. Enrique Hernandez has tweeted. Italian. Is Is it not cannoli? I feel good about my team, exclamation. That's the tweet. What's your initial thoughts about that tweet? Cool. There could be more words to it. That's it. That's it. I got that. I got it. Did you? Yeah. He's He was saying the Kike Hernandez tweet, I feel good. What did he say? He said, I feel good about my team. That's the tweet. Yeah. Did he just send that? He said that right, like literally, like an hour after they DFA'd Matt Barnes and announced it all. Uh, that's awkward. But I don't know. I agree. Like, I th- they're going to be fun. It, like, if they're not good, they will at least be fun. Like, the group of guys I have will be a good time to watch on the field. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but uh, like, it'll be a fun team to go and like watch. They just have a bunch of personalities. They're much further along the way than they were. I would say like 20 days ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree with Pat. Uh, they'll be fun. I don't know if they'll win the world series. I doubt it. Maybe they'll sneak in, but the, the name of the game is to not let the Red Sox affect my emotions this year. Too late. Good luck. Yeah, too late. All right. Well, you guys have affected my emotions in a good way. We got to get going. 